Hello to the Road Point Exchange. This is Adam, and today I am joined by two very special people who have a very special podcast. So, got an old familiar hand to the show here as well. So, perhaps Noah could uh, introduce uh, the podcast and our co host, co host, whatever you want to call it, and uh, we can get the show on the road. Hey, it's Noah. You might remember me from things such as Role Playing Exchange. I've got a new show with my friend here, Aaron, uh, called Thinking Too Hard About Anime, where uh, we do do pretty much that. It's um, a bit of like, oh, what's hold on a second? You gotta pull. You gotta pull up the uh, the anchor page. Yeah, <laughs> read, we... read the script. <laughs> Yeah, we it's an episode by episode analysis of an anime that we love. I only know this because I looked at the page today when I was uploading the episode. <laughs> it's you know, we do some analysis, we we give you some uh background information, some history, uh and we just we just gush about it and we try to figure out what makes it so special. I know I said this off mic beforehand, but you sir are doing God's work and I'm I'm very pleased <laughs> with <laughs> with what's going on here. So what's your also first series that you're working on so our first series is cowboy bebop which is you know it's it's one of those monument shows in in anime and we we thought it'd be a good one to start off with because there's just so much going on in that show uh to kind of like analyze and break down and like all these neat little like uh, behind the scenes stories, all these weird kind of like little cultural references, stuff like that. And just like the way that the show is animated is amazing. So it was, uh, we figured it'd be a good one to, to start with. I don't, I don't know if we said this on the pod. Is it your favorite anime? Cause it's my favorite anime. I think it's, it's definitely like, I think it and FLCL are like right in that first, second place. Like it depends on which day you, you talk to me, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It's it's in like the one two spot. Well, I do know that Noah has every single printing pressing of it. I'm sure he probably has a, a Philip CDI version of it as well. I mean, <laughs> how, how many DVDs of that do you have, Noah? Uh, I have a DVD set of uh, Remix, which is when they did the 5.1 uh, audio for it, and then I have one, two, three, three blu-ray collections that are all like different special editions from like amazon or funimation directly and they have all sorts of neat little extras and stuff like that so yeah i've got like four different editions of cowboy bebop that's impressive yeah it's that's one word for it it's also (laughs) incredibly fiscally irresponsible (laughs) now for those who've listened to the show and the stuff that we put on on Patreon and stuff like that, we we discuss anime quite a bit. I am a huge anime fan, have been an anime fan since VHS cassettes were like, that's the only thing in the rental place. And goddamn, my mother rented some really horrible shit for me. It's like, oh, it's a cartoon. And I think she got me like maybe Ninja Scroll or some derivative of Ninja Scroll, <laughs> which was, yeah, I don't think she let me finish that. Yeah. But a Demon City Shinjuku or oh god, or a Wicked City. I, I Legend of the Overfiend. If, <laughs> if I wanted to cut on the webcam right now, I could go ahead and pull out uh, my DVD of Wicked City, and then I could show you my 3 by 3 Eyes collector series that I bought from OnQ. Or my Trigram Gen. So, yeah. In fact, like, I hate talking about myself. This is about you all, and this is not about me, but Noah's often referred to me as the secret weeaboo. I it's just look when we finally got to meet in person at Gen Con and we all got together with a bunch of the RPPR folks and all our friends and everything. We're sitting there, we're playing Channel A, which is a great card game to play with people, especially when you're three sheets to the wind and you you can't you don't have like the mind space for anything else. And Adam just like sits down and he busts out like these fantastic like anime like scripts that i would actually like watch with like the cars that he's given and i just totally remember it's like oh yeah you're totally like the <laughs> secret kentucky weeaboo like you like you i won't say you don't look like it because you look like you know a a and an Careful. older metalhead 
But I mean, you know, those kind of things can walk hand in hand. But just like, you know, you have that accent and it's very like kind of not what you would expect, but what he's trying to say, Aaron, is that he would trust me if I was giving him advice on how to fix his car, but not on like what anime selections. <laughs> how, why, yeah, we, what, we're all Southerners here. I don't understand why, like, there, I mean, that's there's, true. The, there's the mistrust of the accent. It's true. It's just, I don't know, like, where I grew up in the South, like, you definitely hit, like, some pretty harsh accents. Uh, there's even, like, an actual, like, American English dialect, like, recognized dialect where I used to live. But... I just, it's just something about that Kentucky accent and the way that, that Adam looks like I it's just not something I would immediately expect out of him <laughs> to bust out like, you know, like Wicked City or Three by Three Eyes, which like I've only met one other person that's ever seen Three by Three Eyes. <laughs> I don't want to brag, Aaron, but I won a game of uh, of uh, Channel A without having a, a single card in my hand. Very <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So well, we guessed so much. And by the way, and actually this whole episode is just really a discussion. Like I brought you here so we could discuss uh, visitation rights to Noah. So like which weekends are good for you and which, you know what I mean? Um, uh, as of this recording, I have him this weekend. Oh, so, so oh. the, so the one, so I, I guess it'd be the even or the, yeah, the even weekends, second okay. and fourth. Yep. That works out, and then you know, we'll work together. I mean, it's 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 not about us; it's about Noah, right? Mm-hmm. It's what's best for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So we've waxed goofy on this for quite a bit, which I'm totally having fun with this. But you know, with this being a somewhat role playing game focused podcast, I was kind of wanting to see for well, I probably am getting the cart before the horse here. But you know, you mentioned beforehand that you were working with Cowboy Bebop, which Noah also advised me to watch somehow i'd missed that for years and which i i really don't understand how you could have missed cowboy bebop it's like only the biggest anime title like outside of your your big shonen stuff like dragon ball and you know naruto and bleach and stuff like that it's it's me man it's like whenever final fantasy was getting real big i was like no i'm gonna play legend of dragoon and xenogears i mean (laughs) It looked cool, but I... Ahead of the curve is what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> so with everything that you've learned so far, I've kind of wanted to see if we could kind of, you know, thinking about, uh, I think, Scum and Villainy, which is something that I know Aaron has, has experienced with here. I was wondering if you all could take what you've learned from Cowboy Bebop and apply it to Scum and Villainy or role-playing games in general. Totally. We'd love to. The, the thing that... I think one of the tenets of like a Cowboy Bebop and even like a Firefly, which is just it's he copied it. I'll say it. I've said it multiple times on record. Mm -hmm. But uh, is the the loser aspect of Cowboy Bebop where at the end of each episode, almost they they don't really get any money. Um, They don't they they turn a bounty in or there's some like stipulation where they don't get what they need. And Unfortunately, I don't think that's something you can put into a role-playing game, with especially where it's like, here's a space adventure uh, for your players, where they would want to play again. If you're like, oh, by the way, the thing you worked for, uh, it doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, unless there was some sort of, unless it was more of a, unless you were like heavy, heavy, heavy story-based game. I've never played Drama System. I assume Drama System could work that would actually be really interesting i would love to see a a drama system version of like a a cowboy bebop style game yeah yeah yeah, i unfortunately don't know enough about the mechanics uh, of drama system to 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 dig deeper into that but to me that's an essential part of cowboy bebop is just sort of the the lovable losers of it yeah definitely like cowboy bebop is very much like nine times out of 10, they either break even or they're like in the hole at the end of like the episode. So they're building that into a, a role-playing game. Doesn't a hundred percent work unless there's going to be a lot of buy-in from the players, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think you could definitely do like, if you had a, a, a campaign and, like, whatever system and you just wanted to take sort of, like, the structure of Cowboy Bebop, you could have, 
your players just do like a, a kind of series of like one shots with those characters where it's like, oh, on this adventure, they do like this one little thing in this one town or spaceport or, or whatever. And then the next time y'all get together, it's the same characters, but now they're just in this other place and it's all a, a one shot self-contained story kind of thing. Yeah. Like you can definitely do something like that while you're also kind of building both. It, it, I can actually see that working for like somebody that's kind of newer to actually like role playing. Yeah. Where, uh, it's kind of helping them get into their character, actually kind of help figure out what makes their character tick before you start adding in like real serious kind of plot elements or like a, a, a bigger overarching plot or whatever it is you kind of have in mind for your, your campaign. You could definitely do something like that. I think when you mentioned the thing at the end is like, you don't accomplish that. I'm kind of brought back to, role playing for in particular and noah please help me with the title rppr did a couple runs of red markets but uh which was the uh it's one of the playthroughs where to do the right thing they had to actually take a hit to protect an enclave from slavers or something like that i mean that that sounds like just about any red markets campaign yeah i'm being honest um i think that might have been uh that might have been trabajo think it was that's when they infected somebody with uh they infected them with the virus and then mm-hmm. let them loose uh you know i can see like as you were mentioned like you it couldn't be self-sustaining that you're completely taking a loss there you've got to mm-hmm. you know build up something and occasionally it's okay to hey i got warm fuzzies i did the right thing i, t- I took a hit but you know i can go to sleep at night kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. totally that's that's i would definitely think that's kind of a that goes hand in hand with Cowboy Bebop. There's a lot of episodes that end with, oh, they've done the right thing, but they've gotten nothing out of it other than just kind of doing the right thing. So I think sort of listening to y'all and, and ruminating a little bit, you, so I, this goes back to my like relationship with role-playing games and like, especially back to D&D where it's like, there is gold and then there is experience and never the two shall meet. And like, mm-hmm. they have very little to do with each other. Where... I mean, I guess if you had it where the XP was still there, there was the reward was character growth mechanically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh. like money's not really an object. Or maybe if you, I, I know Scum and Villainy does this sort of with the heat mechanic, uh, where, where it's more like, and they also have like, there's a favor mechanic because there's like a whole bunch of different factions in, in Scum and Villainy. Yeah. Uh, so you could do so that could be the reward where it's like, oh, you don't you're kind of screwed over monetarily, which maybe doesn't mean much because in Cowboy Bebop, they seem fine. <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't yeah. die. Uh, well, <laughs> they don't die because of money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spoilers, maybe. Uh, but but yeah, yeah. where it's as long as the ex, as long as like character growth is still given and present. Yeah, you might be able. You, I think you might be able to get away with it. Uh, so gains of some sort is mm-hmm. to, to get yeah. that Pavlovian kind of like feel to it. Yeah, like um, if you're using, if you're doing like a sort of a cowboy bebop structure in like in like D and D, you could just de-emphasize the sort of gold money part of the game, but kind of give a bigger Im- influence or bigger um, emphasis on xp and like you know maybe boost some of like the xp gain that they're supposed to be getting per like adventure or, or whatever um and make it more about like good role-playing kind of good character interactions um the the players like choices and stuff like that during the game that kind of stuff um i Not just butchering a bunch of kobolds in a dungeon there's so they're like the other sort of broad uh beneath the hood aspect of cowboy bebop that i think can be in any game if unless there's some, someone has something else <laughs> to say on that subject before I like completely switch us. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. You're good. Okay. Um, see another aspect of Cowboy Bebop that is more under the hood. And that I think can be applied to any game is sort of the spotlight episode. Uh, so Cowboy Bebop will take a member of the crew and explore their past. And the whole episode is sort of them revisiting uh, their past and like having to deal with like a past trauma or something unresolved. Uh, and I think, especially in longer campaigns, 
instead of always like running towards the plot, I think it's cool to take a player and like, okay, today is your today or tonight that it is, it's your episode. Uh, let's, you know, you wrote a backstory. I know you did. Uh, let's, let's find (laughs) someone from there, or I'm just going to throw someone and say, Hey, here's your ex partner. Um, here's your ex lover. Uh, some dudes after your head because you got a bounty. What'd you do? Um, so, so they so, so you can have a spotlight on them. Uh, I, I, I you know all the other players get to learn more about that character and where they're coming from as well. And like like I said, I think that's that's any game you can throw that in. Oh, totally. Like you talking about it totally reminds me of some time and an old Shadowrun campaign I was in where. It was almost exactly that our characters would have like a session or two that was focused on like one of us for the most part, or it would be kind of like split in between like two of us or something along those lines. But it was very much more about getting more kind of backstory out of our characters rather than like the whatever forward facing goal we might have had at the time. And that, yeah, and I think that's something that like as the as a GM, you like bring that say of course let the player i think let the player know ahead of time for sure but also i think that's hey will you help me will you give me ideas will you help me create this scenario for your character yeah like you know give me help help me make the first act and then i'll i'll do the rest yeah totally i think that is that is something that i think has over my my role-playing career air quotes um that is something I've come to learn more and more is that, Hey, like as a player and as a GM, like talk to each other, like outside of the game about like what your goal is in whatever game that you're playing, like talk to each other about like, Hey, this is my character. This is what I want to do with them. That kind of stuff. So long as you're, you're, you're the kind of player that wants story that wants, you know, to to kind of create a story with everybody else at the table you know you know you're not one of those people that just kind of you know shows up and has fun with all your friends and stuff like that but you're really just there to kind of like hang out and like roll dice as you again yeah. butcher your way through a, a dungeon um but yeah like don't be afraid of talking to your gm or you as a gm approaching a player um about like their characters and where you want to go with it and stuff like that and say hey you know like what about like in a week or two we do some sessions that kind of like focus on your character like exactly like you were saying don't be afraid to talk to each other is is what i is basically <laughs> what i want to say there is communicate with each other and you'll have a much better much more fulfilling time at the table <laughs> really in any walk of life <laughs> I mean, yes that kind of goes for for life too but we're talking about role-playing games and anime right now adam <laughs> which, sure we did Which, a romantic episode one time, Noah, remember? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Aaron, save us from this awkward moment. No, I want to talk I want to talk romance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who smooched who. <laughs> well, a gentleman doesn't tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's something that kind of occurred to me during all the, the discussion that was going on. So if if we're going to make a game or a campaign or have whatever system you're going to go where it's not a monetary thing. It's not, I'm building, I'm getting money to build up my base. Maybe you're getting, you know, skill points, but you're also kind of, you know, your character is gaining more abilities, which by the way, Noah, I think time watch would be something to take a cowboy bebop ish kind of approach. Since oh, yeah, in, a, totally. in, a, in a game of time watch, like you can have any weapon you want. You, money's not an issue. It's like, you can pretty much everything's at your disposal. So, you know, you reward players with, you know, maybe more points to spend in the future and stuff like that. So you can have more of those, um, you know, like in Knights Black Agents, I'll, I'll switch systems, but it's still gumshoe to where you can drop five points on something and then you do, a, you know, a badass kung fu move and this, that, yeah. and another kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Like the amount of times that like Spike and Jet pulled like guns out of the refrigerator and, stuff like that it's like you know every couple episodes there's like some big showdown where they have to to do stuff like that and you can totally do that with like a, a gun gumshoe kind of thing where it's like oh yeah i pay however many points of preparedness to have this thing that reads people's brain waves like sure why not 
And there's, there's tons of games that, you know, you're able to create things like that. And it's awesome. Here's what I want to present you all with. Now, tell me if this is uh, kind of, this is what I gained from Cowboy Bebop. Okay. So if we're kind of going with the same idea that we were just previously discussing, I like the idea of, you know, making it more co- of a collaborative storytelling issue, such as what you've been discussing. But with like elements such as in Cowboy Bebop, there was that dog. Remember the dog and how it was so expensive and special and stuff like mm-hmm. that and all that. I like the idea of like doing a game where players know that this is important. This is what they're after. This is this. And then just the char- their, their characters are blatantly ignorant to it and actually seems like it would become a running joke. Yeah, I'll just let the dog go. It'll come back. I mean, you know, it's just let him walk kind of thing. Yeah. I like that idea of like a more collaborative, I guess you could say. And have you, if either of you all looked at, I talk in circles, I know, but if, if you all looked at Band of Blades, I have a copy of it, but I haven't really cracked it open. Um, I'm not too familiar with a lot of the uh, Forge in the Dark stuff. I know it's sort of a, a, a darling in the scene right now, but I haven't actually had much of a chance to, to look at it. I know, I just know it's different from like uh, Blades in the, it's like slightly different or it deals with, Gru- please explain is what i'm All saying right, so in in general it's um and this is i am going somewhere with this in general it's the black company with the numbers filed off of it so to speak if, you, if you're familiar with those uh, collection of stories but you just had your ass handed to you at this big end all battle and you're in full retreat while the cinder king his forces is going across the land and you're trying to make it back to this keep and that the whole thing it's it's more of an underpowered game. So I was rolling up a Blades in the Dark character this week and it really struck me that Band of Blades, you're not throwing as many points into it. You're you're kind of playing a more of a mortal, fragile character. And there it's a game that there's gonna be a death toll. Like in fact there's a graveyard and if if you lose so many characters in a company, there is um, certain things that happen. Now where I was kind of going with this in my long roundabout way is uh, there is a role. So you play characters in the game, but you also play leaders of the company. So you would be like the court, the, the commander, the quartermaster, the spy master, um, the lore keeper and things like that. And the lore keeper is kind of like what I want to mention to you all, because the lore keeper is almost like in my reading of it. And someone may mention in the comments that I have no idea what I'm talking about, which Nobody's really surprised at this point doing this four or five years, <laughs> but the lore keeper is almost like a second GM just sitting at the table. So when it comes, when you're having the camp scenes and the lore keeper comes in, then you, your character, and I mean the character and the player doing it starts spouting off stuff that is now canon. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, oh, similar to uh, in fate. I know you can use fate points to, to make things fact within the world probably not as powerful but uh but yeah and you know kind of what i was thinking with in the in the vein of cowboy bebop you know the whole um if we were going to do this game without exactly you know having the monetary kind of issues and more tangible things that you could see is just being able to allow players to um, suggest things and, and interact in the world in a way that uh leaves lasting impressions so to speak mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, the all of the players kind of get a little bit of that that lore master kind of aspect to them, where they can it's like, oh, I get to say, you know, this particular thing about like our group's history or something about the world or like where we're going, that kind of stuff. I totally probably could have cut ten minutes off this podcast, but not talking about that and just <laughs> jumping directly to that. But this is just kind of what it reminded me of. There's uh, the collab nature of that, and then kind yeah. of going with the spotlights. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, but that, see, that again makes me in camp, it makes me think about like in a, in a campaign play, in a, you know, you could go a step above and sort of incentivize failure to the point where it's a failure gets you an immediate reward, either like, like you said, equipment, uh, something else, a new member of your crew, even that's like an NPC, whether, person or ai or ai in a satellite maybe <laughs> yeah just just playing old man fake <laughs> cowboy 
in in that aspect. And then, or you could, or you could take the failure and you, as far as like an overall mission, and use it to build stories later on within the campaign. And I know this is like sounding kind of vague, but like, so like in Scum of Villainy or or uh, Blaze in the Dark, you have like having a campaign clock sort of countdown of like, well, you keep failing these missions. And once you fail enough, then this comp, you know, this group is coming after you or this event happens, whether like either in story or just karmically, you, you've messed up enough to where now something is coming home to roost. Yeah. You, you fail your first four missions and then the fifth mission vicious shows up. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah but like, but because you failed them, you get, again, like an immediate reward that's going to come and bite you in the butt later on, which is very Cowboy Bebop-ish, where it's, let's run from our troubles until we can't run no more. Yeah, exactly. And then they become super competent. And that's kind of the, you know what, that is your drama system game right there. So you kind of get, there's bennies and stuff like that are given out in a, I think they actually call them. Bennies. I can't remember what the token was in a drama system game. It's been five years or four years since I played a drama system game. But, you know, when you're taking these losses and stuff like that, you're just really just building up your arsenal for when you have that super competent moment that always happens in a Cowboy Bebop episode. They're wackly smackly do for 20 minutes. And then there's five minutes of like, oh, shit, why weren't they doing this the whole damn time? Yeah, the uh, it should be out by the time this drops. But uh, our we we covered uh, the episode for Heavy Metal Queen, uh, and we talk a little about this, how in the beginning, Spike is, the first time we see him in that episode, he is on a toilet and hungover. And then the last time we see him, he's like in zero G, changing directions with his pistol. Yeah. Like, it's, when you know, when, when the time comes to work, which could even, you could even do it as, as like a microcosm within the session itself, where it's, Hey, if you don't succeed at this, you'll get this and you could just cash it all in at the end to be super great. Yeah, like I know there's some systems out there like I want to say that the cipher system, the one that used that's Numenera uses yeah. where the GM can literally bribe you with like XP or like, you know, fate points, bennies, whatever you want to call them for like failing roles and having interesting things happen. And then, you know, you build up a bunch of those and then you can spend those to like, you know, really ace your roles when like it really matters or, you know, declare something narrative about like the game or, or, or what have you. There's, there's totally games out there that you can, you can do that kind of thing with. Another one that I, I kind of remember real quick is also um, a dirty world. Oh, God damn it. I was going to say that. Keep going. <laughs> uh, where the characters themselves, they their attributes and skills and all that stuff are on like this kind of sliding scale. So like when you start doing bad things or you're bad at certain things, they will slide in certain directions so that, you know, it's, it's kind of much more the noir side of things and you know cowboy bebop definitely has its very noir aspects if you've ever seen the show it's pretty obvious um but it's very that very much that noir thing of like you know our hero gets the shit beat out of him for like the first two acts and then he becomes you know a a, a gun blazing you know uh embodiment of vengeance and like the last third that kind of thing has set up the perfect trap to put everyone in jail kind of thing yeah exactly it's I just and this is like, uh, you know, as I go along with role playing games, the more I come back to the idea of like, man, fail to me. Failure is way more fun than succeeding, it, it, at least when it's failure. And that's why I like the Apocalypse World engine games, uh, mm -hmm. because it's failure is not like a stop. Right. It's just like we're OK, you failed. Now we're going to go in a different direction. Yeah. And to totally me, that's right. just what failure is. It's like, OK, do something else. Yeah, it's the that kind of fail forward or fail in a slightly different direction kind of forward uh, mentality. I, I tell you what, real quick here, because I do want to kind of shift the topic a tad bit more. Um, is there any other kind of uh, things that you would like to highlight from Cowboy Bebop in general and you know, the world in general or, or 
plot structure or what are what are the big if you were going each one of you were going to pick one big takeaway that this is what I've learned from this game and this is I mean this series and this is something that I think I would like to implement into a game what would that be so this one's really difficult but get yourself a kick-ass soundtrack oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's super difficult to actually implement in the game um but god damn that that we did an entire episode or mini so that was like almost longer than our regular episodes just about the music of that show um yeah i i think i mean i, I think it's really sort of that that narrative structure of the you know the the little kind of one shots that build into an eventual kind of overarching narrative kind of thing where your your players figure out who they are and who they are in the world and the world that they're in um and then you can kind of go for there to kind of build the the bigger narrative awesome so i would say oh my god i'm blanking on the director and creator's name oh, watanabe. watanabe so there we go i found it so watanabe just one of the most common japanese last names no big deal uh <laughs> So, so Watanabe, he, he, his approach to Cowboy Bebop was that it was originally supposed to be a movie, but then as it became a series, he treated each episode of the show as its own movie and like as its own genre. And I would say to not be afraid or to, in, to, to implement that sort of thinking within a campaign, like just have each session be its own genre. And that way you can play around with a bunch of different things without moving to systems. I know for like, I think a lot of people in the hobby, it's difficult to bounce around to different systems or even, you know, even from different campaigns. And, you know, and that can feel very stifling. I've, I ran curse of Strahd for, for groups a couple of years back and like I had fun, but at the same time, I'm like, man, this is taking a while. I, 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 I do want to shake this up. And, your individual session is your uh, chance to uh, break it up, you know, pick, Hey, yeah, we're playing D and D, but this one's a noir, but you know, this, this session, it's a noir. Uh, we're, you know, we're playing scum and villainy, but uh, you know, we'll uh, another genre. It's it's a Kung Fu movie. Um, also appropriate that the episodes are called sessions in Cowboy Bebop. And yeah. that was totally intentional. <laughs> but yeah. It makes it up. Each session, think of it as a, a, as its own separate movie, you know, and that's within that space you can change your genre up. Yeah, like Cowboy Bebop is very good at like you know it's this, uh, you know, well maybe not at the time, but is this retro future sci-fi noir cowboy story, and like exactly like Aaron was saying, each episode is kind of its own thing, so you can you can take sort of like the tropes and and story frameworks for different like genre films and things like that and apply them to a completely different sort of aesthetic and still get really awesome stories you can have you know a cowboy story in space you can have you know your your noir story your noir stories in a medieval setting all that stuff um just kind of re-emphasizing what what aaron said uh, yeah. and i think that's Man, i now I'm thinking, I'm like, man, a Yo Jimbo story in D and D would be fun. Combat would be horrible, yes, but the story would be fun. Yeah, no, that that's totally awesome. Like, I I love me a good Yo Jimbo. Story. <laughs> uh, that that good old playing two sides against each other yeah. is mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> you guys could really help kind of put some things in perspective with me on this. I'm currently actually since like August or something like that. I've been actually in a Curse of Strahd campaign. A friend of mine, uh, I know you've met Jason before and from our like second episode we recorded. Yes, I, I remember. Uh, but he's been running it. And I mean, I totally am enjoying it. And I we just had like a really amazing session. But, you know, it's Cowboy Bebop for me is like even the bad times, which they do get kind of bad, but even like the bad times, there's like this rising action. There's just like mm-hmm. there's hope. There's it, usually things end on a positive note. And I think that's the thing that I enjoy the most about, um, you know, games like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, as opposed to like I love Delta Green. I love Call of Cthulhu and all, but it's just, you know, you're 
can be a downer so much. And I mean, that's, it's not a bug. It's a feature. I know, yeah. but like a cowboy bebop game, I think I would sit down at the session at the beginning of the session and know that, you know, if things are going to look bleak, but then there's just going to be this one moment. Then I think that would be all the buy-in that I would need as a player to just, you know, to keep going. Yeah. You can beat the shit out of me for two hours. If I can just have this 30 minute moment where, I I can shine. I have, mm-hmm. and I think it's all the buy-in any player needs for any game. Really, it's just if you can just guarantee them that one moment and uh, so forth. Yeah, and that's totally. yeah, and like well, like Noah said at top, that's communication. Like it's going to be rough at the beginning, but I promise this will be worth it. And yeah. you know, just have that conversation. Yeah, definitely. And like you can you can even do like a, a, a Delta Green kind of thing in a different game and still have it be sort of a positive ending i mean there's literally an alien like knockoff episode in cowboy bebop which is like two-thirds of the way through the series so you know like the rest of the crew is gonna like make it but it's still like you know this horror in space kind of thing that ends with a gag that is that's you know really great and yeah you uh, yeah exactly you can you can do so much with just talking to each other and kind of exploring the genres within whatever game you're playing. Uh, do we want to talk about some suggested games for running a, a Cowboy Bebop kind of thing? Yeah, we could do some suggested. I know you also got a little gem here you're going to share with me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got something. All right. So, I mean, now, did you buy that? By the way, like I mean, you don't have to say what it is just yet. I mean, I, we're kind of hinting. It's it's tantalizing, if you will. I, actually, it sounds really dirty when it comes out of my mouth. I'm not <laughs> going to say that word ever again. But did you actually buy that? Like a physical copy? Do you have a tangible physical copy? I do not have a physical copy. I have seen this game I found in a game store before. Uh, if you know, we weren't in the hell time. <laughs> I could potentially go up to a store a couple hours away and possibly still get it. Cause I doubt anybody's actually going to pick this thing up, but uh, I do not have a physical copy of it. I have acquired a digital copy. Um, and so one thing I did not do. Let me just talk about it now. Yeah. We're yeah. As okay. well. So there is a game called bounty head bebop and it is, it wears its influence on its sleeve very much so in that a lot of the characters' lines are basically just the Cowboy Bebop crew, would, but slightly photoshopped. Would you say it's an illegally distinct way that they, that they would, have their influences? I would say it is legally distinct. <laughs> but yes, it is very obvious. I mean, aside from just the name itself, uh, it has the like all the character designs are very you know you can tell who you are looking at nine times out of ten. Um, the game itself is a little much. It it apparently uses its own inverted D twenty system where like everything uses a single D twenty. I have not tried to exactly parse everything that goes into this game. Um, it feels like a bit of a heartbreaker. If I'm being 100% honest, um, I you know I don't want to poo-poo on it too much. I know somebody put a lot of time and effort into this thing, but it is very much I know where you got that from, <laughs> um, and it's still available. It's available for download on Drive Through RPG. You can go and and get it for like 14 bucks. Um, and there's a bunch of sub like splats that are very obviously other anime one of the first ones i see here is ghost in the machine so did you say goat i don't know what you're talking about that's <laughs> a completely original ip go uh yeah goats in the machine no it's a uh, it's ghosts in the machine actually i'm more interested in ghosts in the machine they should get on that <laughs> so yeah so it's it is certainly a thing to to lay eyes upon and it has always been in like the back of my brain since I first found it. And I was like, man, this is a thing. Uh, okay. There is a, there is an adventure called operation APE. 
The anti-psychic evolutionists have created a super virus and are on the verge of releasing pale horse on the universe. It's just, it's very similar to an episode we covered. Mm-hmm. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah. And you know, I don't think it's any great statement to say that a lot of scenarios and a lot of things that people run are totally just cribbing from other things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy to just kind of take, oh, hey, I like this movie or like the show. I'm going to file some numbers off, move a couple things around and then make that a scenario. Like I, you know, I would, you know, be guilty myself of stuff like that. So there. OK, two things I'll say. One, if this goes, I can't speak for anyone else here. If someone wants to run the, the system for us, for me, Bounty Head Bebop, I will. I will absolutely play it. Sure. Like told, I I would love to see this game in, I do, in motion. I, uh, I time wise, I don't have time to run it, but I would love yeah. to play it. Um, uh, I have seen the scatter, like grenade scatter chart, and it just puts a knot in my gut, like any other grenade uh, scatter chart. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I, when you showed me that screenshot, I think I compared it to Twilight Imperium. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. But you know what? That's cool. If they could get away with this completely distinct property. Hey, Chaser Bliss, man. Like, for real. You're you're out there, you're doing it. I don't have a a book out there on shelves, so fuck me, am I right? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, one of my first Nintendo games was Xenomorphs, or Xenophobia, which was basically an 8-bit Nintendo version of uh, Aliens. So, I mean... Copper, you know, was it uh, something's a bit the most sincere form of flattery? What's the expression? Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like Aaron said, totally. If somebody wants to run this for us, I am totally down. But I am not going to learn this thing by myself. (laughs) Isn't the most Cowboy Bebop thing in it being a genre bash to copy Cowboy Bebop? (laughs) It is a genre unto itself. That is pretty deep. Boom! Got it in there. Thank you, Noah. Uh, I tell you what, you were, you know, the original preference, uh, uh, premise of this particular part of the show was to talk about system. Mm-hmm. You know, as we were discussing, because I walked into this with a clean slate of my ideas, but I would really be interested to see. Now, this is an indie game, but everyone knows the creator. I would love to see someone take Cowboy Bebop and run it in System Shock. Which is a, a game that Greg Sozi created. It uh, are you are either of you all familiar with it? Uh, I am not. Yeah, I I know of it. I know it is a thing, but I have not ever actually like looked at it. So Termination so Shock. Yeah, Termination. I said System Shock. That's a fucking uh, video game. Is yeah, Termination what? Shock. Sorry, Greg. Wait, Google, Google. <laughs> I know because Google told me. So no, <laughs> no worries. Uh, Termination Shock is basically a game where you uh, it, it's kind of using the variant of the one row engine, but each die uh, you're assigning a die for like certain skills. So if you're more physical, then you'll get this die, and if you know in varying degrees, you kind of bounce it out. But I you can listen to the uh, playtest campaign that Greg ran Termination. Uh, yeah, Termination Shock podcasts. Uh, you can listen through that whole thing, but they basically tried to frame that entire uh, campaign with uh, Cheers in space. Not Cheers, mm. but uh, <laughs> Fra- Fra- Frasier. It was Frasier in space. Yes, Kelsey Graham. Part of the Cheers verse. Yeah, yeah. Part of, part of, but it's and it's kind it's of CCU. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not going to go too in depth with the the background of that game, but it's just it deals with. Um, weird alien species and then humanity trying to find its place amongst the stars. And I don't know. That just seems like a fun system to run Cowboy Bebop in. I mean, you would, you could definitely, the way you create characters, you can make certain archetypes for archetypical focuses, I guess, for each particular player and so forth and so on. Yeah. That that sounds really interesting. I'll actually have to take a look. I, I, I don't think I've run into a, a Greg Stolze game I have disliked yet. So I'll check out the podcast. It's um it's really entertaining. Yeah, I mean I think the mo the most ready made Cowboy Bebop game is, I think is is definitely scum and villainy, like we talked about before. It, you know, there's a focus. The the setting, you just kinda have to take the built in setting and just wipe it off and attach, you know, the so- our solar system from 2077 to it. 
Uh, you'd probably have to change some of the faction, at least names. Um, but it, you know, it's just a game that is very narrative, uh, while also almost exclusively focusing on heist style sessions. Um, which is, you know, it, it you know, it's almost a one for one plug and play of like, well, each week you're doing a different bounty, and mm-hmm. this is what you're focusing on, and like, it's like one of the main influences for the game as well. Uh, there, there, yeah. Within Scum and Villainy, there are three different sort of ships that you can, or style of ships that you, your crew can have. Um, and one, they're each sort of based on different genres or, or different shows. Like one's sort of a Firefly-ish ship that gives you certain advantages. One is like a Star Wars Rebels uh, ship, and the other one, the other one's not. It's made for bounty hunting. Like it's. It says mm-hmm. right on the cover, like, hey, use the ship if you want to do a bounty hunting campaign. It is it is totally not a, a reconfigured fishing ship. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Although I think that one might look more like the swordfish, if, I, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Hmm. But uh, the, the Firefly-esque one is more fishing vessel, vessel shape. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I think that's very... If you're into that system and that kind of game, I think that would that's like sort of the the surface level feeling of Cowboy Bebop, at, at least represented mechanically. It was it, it was honestly that game that I was talking about it around Noah, and he's like, "You need to watch Cowboy Bebop." I haven't seen Cowboy <laughs> Bebop. <gasps> his bow tie twirled. Steam <laughs> came out of his ears. My monocle fell in my drink. <laughs> he was. Do you remember you actually sent me links to where I could buy it? Oh, it's on sale here. <laughs> I, yeah, that sounds like a me thing. It, <laughs> it is streaming like everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's it's on Hulu. That's where I finished it up at. No one did. Movie? Uh, no, I have not. I, I'm I'm getting to it. What the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's a little what? harder to get. That's a little harder to get. I think you have to go physical for it. God, Noah, ouch! <laughs> it's important. <laughs> story i'll send you a copy it's, send your address it's a part of the story <laughs> i don't oh look look out for that episode of thinking oh, too hard about anime oh, where we awesome. disagree about the importance of the cowboy bebop movie <laughs> oh looking forward to that so it seems like we kind of reached our natural conclusion this episode i totally want to thank you all for coming on it's been great uh, of course we've known each other outside of you know this interview and all but it's been a great sit down and talk about it i am totally excited about your podcast and i can't wait to see where you go like so much cowboy bebop and i'm sure you've already got other plans for when that ends yeah we we have discussed a lot of different titles that we'd like to do after cowboy bebop but you know go go listen to all the 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 cowboy bebop stuff first help us uh help us really get up and out there we'd really appreciate it so where can they find? Where can our great listeners find uh, your podcast? I zoned out on the name because it's like insert <laughs> so, name here. Don't worry, I know it. Uh, <laughs> so, so thinking too hard about anime, uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcast. Um, I think we're in the we're in the process of getting. Every, there is some stuff on YouTube. We're getting more of it up there. Yeah, I mean, you can. We're on like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts because it's not. Uh, iTunes now anymore whatever we're hosted on Anchor you can get us on Stitcher we're on Stitcher right we're on everything I was thinking more of our socials and emails in case uh, anyone wanted to reach out do do you do, do I, I have it I have thank you for vamping for me I do have it now uh, okay <laughs> so you can talk to us on Twitter at thinking anime uh, and if you know come listen to us if you have some thoughts that you want to share with us. If you want to tell us we're bad and we should feel bad, you can write to us at thinking too hard pod at gmail.com. And then, you know, do all the 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 calls to action as they are, where you should go and rate and review us wherever you listen to the show. Uh, if you are capable of doing that on your service of choice. Uh, and uh, the best thing you do is just share it with friends. Be like, hey, you like anime. You should listen to these two guys. Get all uh analytical and philosophical about their uh, their japanese cartoons <laughs> yeah be be like adam and create a podcast and then have us on that podcast <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll totally be on your podcast mm-hmm. 
to talk about our show. Awesome, awesome. And ah, just let me know when you're run, you want to start discussing Doom Megalopolis. Like, I mean, I've got some real strong feelings about that one as well. <laughs> it, when, when it comes around, we'll be sure to let yeah, you know. We'll go. It'll it'll go on the list. Uh, <laughs> I think Aaron from RPPR already wanted us to do Outlaw Star. Yes. Awesome. Uh, we, we've gotten plenty of of requests and recommendations for what we want to do next, but uh, there's there's definitely some bigger ones. So I think we want to tackle soon soon ish. Air quotes once uh, once Cowboy Bebop wraps up, wraps up. We're still yeah. we we haven't even gotten to Edward yet, so it's gonna yeah. be. And we're in we're biweekly, so we're not we're not clogging up your feed too much. Uh, but new episodes every other Thursday, not biweekly, bi monthly. I'm. It's it's late. It, it's okay. <laughs> someone someone will slab me for that if I didn't make that correction. Sem, semi monthly, I think. Semi is a half, so every half month, mm-hmm. every two weeks, we're out every two weeks. The on the new moon and the full moon. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> hey guys, you're doing better than me. Like roughly, I shoot for five, fifteen, and thirty. Like those are the days I try to put shit out and. It's the 26 right now, so I may hit 30, but it's just like with, with RPX, you're going to get three episodes a month. Now, they all may be like, one, two, three, <laughs> <laughs> but God damn it, we'll, we'll keep your numbers going. Hey, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Got him. You guys really do seem like you have a passion project here, and this is uh, very uh, contagious enthusiasm. So, yes, so if you're tuning in here, thanks for joining us on the Rope Point Exchange. Uh, you can catch us at, well, you know what? Let's just go down memory lane. Noah, how much of this shit do you remember? So, uh, you can find us on Twitter. We should be, unless yeah. you changed it on me, uh, should be at RP Exchange. Doing good. Do we st- we still have the Facebook page? We do have the Facebook page, and the weird sex group that almost had the same name doesn't exist anymore. Okay, well that's good. Uh, <laughs> there is a Patreon that should be Patreon dot com slash is it role playing exchange? Yes, sir. Haha. <laughs> uh, and then you can email Adam <laughs> at role playing exchange at gmail dot com. Yes, sir. Wow. Uh, See, it's like, it's like you never left. <laughs> like a <laughs> trap. <laughs> oh, it's that story of the Bible. It's slaughter the fattened calf, the son has returned. <laughs> I think it's for the Bible. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> it sounds like it. And what does Chris usually say at the end of this stuff? I mean, I never say it, and I never will say it. It's, that's just kind of Chris's thing. Uh, I mean, that's Chris's thing. Good point. Let's not say it. Anyway. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining, and everybody. Dude, yeah. No, we, thank you. Just thank you very much. This is super fun. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. I had a blast. Well, and thank you all, you all, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.